With that being said, we're starting a new series today that I'm pretty fired up about. We'll be doing this for the next 12 to 16 weeks. I don't know how long we're going yet, but I'm pretty jazzed up about it. Parables, they're secrets of the kingdom of God. And uh, with all that being said, I need your help. I need you to think about, I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up right now for school. We went and got haircuts yesterday. Uh, we went, you know, we got, Teresa went and got all the book bags and all the school supplies and all the other stuff. I mean, there's so many things happening right now in our life as we're ramping back up into the busy season. And I don't know about you, but in my life right now, I get the idea that things are about to get a little busy again. Anyone else? Um, and so with that being said, let me just ask you uh, for your life. Can you think of five things that you know you have to do this week. I'm just going to give you a second. I've got to get this done this week. Uh, my grass is overgrown right now. That's number one. Uh, I, have, uh, I, have many, I have a lot of priorities in my life that I'm, I'm okay, this week, boom, this week, boom. I've got to call, boom, I've got to go. Uh, anyone else got five things? Cool. With that being said, we're going to start off this session and... Um, Oswald Chambers said it this way. We've been repeating this over uh, the last several weeks. Uh, prayer does not prepare us for the greater works in our life. It is the greater work. And so those five things that we have to accomplish this week, prayer doesn't help us get to that point where we can uh, say, like, I'm ready now to do this, or I'm ready now to do that. I'm ready now to apply for this job, or God, if, you, if you're with me, like, the greatest thing that we can do in our life, I believe, is commune with the Lord. I believe this is why I was designed. The Lord wants relationship with me. And the way that we have that is through prayer. And so if you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, the first and number one thing that you have to figure out how to improve is your prayer life. I do not believe it is, it is possible to grow your relationship with Christ without growing your prayer life. And so while many believers would say like, yeah, that's something I'm going to work on. I'm going to get better at that one day or someday or where this is something I want you to know as a church, this is what we're all doing. If we were, if we lived all on the same block and we were a bunch of kids, this is bike night. You know what I mean? Like everyone's got their bicycles out. Come on, man, we're going for a ride and everyone's going and this is fun. And we're going, you with me? Right now, what is your church doing? We're praying. What are you doing? We're praying. We're circling the next 21 days, and this is what we're doing. You are going to grow your prayer life this week. I don't want you to say, I want to have a better prayer life. I am going to work on my prayer life this week. Does that make sense? You have to change your vocabulary and your mindset and the way that you, you approach your concept with prayer. There are so many uh, things uh, I believe about prayer. Um, but I, I, I've learned that in the heart of a believer, there are many reasons why believers feel like they are not good at prayer. I circled five of them. I wrote them down and I uh, wanted to share them with you just briefly. Number one, the number one reason why we don't have a quality prayer life is because many of us don't have time for it. Anyone feel that way? Has anyone said that way, honestly, in your life? You're lying if you have not. Um, be, be, and this is, this is a reality, but I want to take, I know some of you are like, I can't dare say that at church. Uh, you're right. We can't, no, we can't say that in front of the Lord. Um, the Lord of our life without prayer, this is just religion without prayer. This is a country club, a yacht club, or a chess club. 
Without prayer, we're a baseball team or whatever else we're doing. But what we believe is that as we gather, this is significant because we have the Lord with us and we commune with him. We don't just talk to God. He talks with us and we have relationship with him. And that's what makes all of this special is in my life, I have someone who is bigger, stronger, wiser, lived longer, knows more, is capable of anything, and he's on my side. And I know that because I talk with him. He is the most precious thing in my life, and I am developing that. Martin Luther said it this way, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Yeah. And so I don't know of the five things that you circle this week that you know you need to get done. But to just be your friend and your, and your pastor for a second. Are any of those things more important than your prayer life? Now, none of us probably that has a relationship with the Lord would say yes, but we live like they are. And I want to change that mindset and that heart. And we, the things that we give up things we love for things we love more. And we love the Lord more than everything. We love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We, and so we're going to make sacrifice and make time and make room for him in our life. We're making him the priority. So we don't fit God into our schedule. He is the schedule. Can I get an amen from someone here? Oh, man. I want you to know, what are we doing this week, Pastor? We're praying. I got to be honest, uh, I, I, this morning I was here in prayer and I was listening to the worship band and I was seeing so many people come up and connect and I'm listening to people's hearts that are engaged for Christ and I was so proud of my church. Please make me the, great, the happiest pastor in the world and join me in prayer this week, Saturday morning, Tuesday at 6 a.m., Friday at 6 p.m., on the app, like stop what you're doing when you get a notification from the church because we're going to send them to you every day this week. And just pray. And make time to invite the Lord into your space. Uh, the second reason I believe many of us are, do not pray or do not believe we're good at, at it is because we have too many distractions. Anyone? Uh, I, I feel like, man, I have I've been accused. The doctor has not diagnosed me with this attention deficit disorder, but I, my wife tells me I'm guilty of it. And I can tell you, there's been a few times in prayer where I've squirrel and, uh, and I'm, I'm in prayer thinking about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Anyone else? I, I don't know how that happened. It really wasn't part of the prayer topic, but this is how Jesus said to eliminate some of these things. He said, before Jesus taught us how to pray, I want you to know in Matthew chapter six, he taught us where to pray. Matthew chapter six, he says this, um, he says, that, but when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your father who is in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you openly. But when you pray, don't babble on as other Gentiles do, for they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again and again. So th this is what I hear him saying. When you pray, don't, I know that everyone says, just talk to God. Don't just talk to God. You'll just go with it. And like, I think that it's important that when we come to God, we have an idea of what we're about to say. 
if your manager calls you into the office and he wants to hear from you, you're going to rehearse what you're about to say for a little bit. Know that you're meeting with someone bigger than you. Come in with a plan. Come in with what you want to talk about and then expect an answer from them. I promise it will improve your confidence in what just took place rather than you just going off the whim and talking until you're blue in the face. I have many prayer models. I use many of them as often as I can, especially when prayer is becoming difficult. One of the other things he says is that he goes into a room and shuts the door. Have a place where you pray. Uh, when one of the people that mentored me, my wife reminded me that I've told her this story a few times. When I learned how to pray, I had a friend named Jeff. He took me into his basement and he showed me. He, he shut the door, turned off all the lights, turned worship music on and one little light over his Bible. And in there, he would start off with singing a song. And I remember he would, he, this was back in the day when he would sing Clay Cross. Anyone remember this guy? I will follow Christ. And all right, I have to keep going. And so, and so he would just pray. And so he would have no other distractions because he couldn't see anything else but his Bible. Figure out how to eliminate these things if prayer matters to you. The third thing that I have learned that I, uh, so one, uh, people don't have time for it. Two, there's too many distractions. Three, many people believe they're not good at it. And, uh, and as I was thinking about this over you, I started coming up with reasons why you are good at it. And then I thought to myself, well, that, I think the Lord just prompted me and he was like, well, maybe they're not good at it. Can you believe your pastor is saying that some of you are not good at prayer? I actually think that the Lord is saying some of you are not good at prayer. And I want you to know that's okay right now, but you can't stay that way. For example, there were a lot of things in my life, there was a point where I realized I'm not good at this. There was a time I realized I can't cook. And then Teresa went on vacation and I was left by myself with these children and I realized I had to figure out how to cook. And it's, it's not acceptable. Why? Because I need to eat and my children need to eat. And some things in life you have to get better at. In my life, I've had to learn that it's not okay for me to not know how to be a leader. I have to improve in this. There are things at your job that it's not okay for you to not know how to get better at this. In your life, if you are marked as a believer, there is one thing that it is not okay for you to not be good at. That's prayer. And so some of you currently feel like, I'm not good at that. Well, this week, I'm inviting you out to 6 a.m., folks, and we're going to get there, and you're going to get better at it. it. It's going to happen. Some of you don't know how to ride a bike well, or don't know how to swim. You're not going to learn how to swim on the shore. You got to get in the water. You got to get into your prayer closet if you want to improve. Does, does this make sense to anyone? That's good preaching right there, Pastor. I'm telling you, you're not going to get better on the shore. Uh, number four, wait, uh, nope. Charles Spurgeon said, true prayer is neither mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with our creator of heaven and earth. And so I just, I realize I may not be good at interacting with the creator of heaven and earth, but the more time I spend with him, the more time I, I I'm getting more comfortable understanding what, what this thing looks like. Number four, the fourth reason why some people aren't, don't feel like, like, they, like they, prayer is easy for them is they don't know how. Uh, well, this is one of the most important prayer models that you can ever have on earth. 
It's the one Jesus said to do. And so some of you may have heard this before. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11. He said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I learned that obviously I grew up Catholic. Hallowed be your name. Uh, may your kingdom come. Your will be done. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. And, and um, um, oh my gosh, and forgive us of our sins. It's, it's like I'm behind and so I, I don't know where I'm at. Uh, some of you may have heard this before. I want to walk you through it just briefly. The Lord's prayer is not designed to be a prayer that you pray, that you copy. What you do is you take a, a line of it and you pray like this, but don't pray this. And so I use it as a model. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy. Your name is great. And I start off with the Lord in prayer, not with my problems. I do often start with my problems. And when I start with my problems, those are generally days where I felt ineffective in that time of prayer. No one wants you to start off talking to them with everything that's wrong with their life, including the Lord. And so when you meet with him, start off by recognizing who you're with. And you start off with praise. Lord, your name is above all names. There's no one like you. You are a healer. You are a provider. You are a giver. You are gracious. You are kind. You are. And so I start off just praising everything that I know who he is because it changes my mindset from the, 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 the yuck that I'm in to the glory that he's in. And it's like I'm transcending. Does that make sense? Second thing he says to do is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And I, I'm beginning to ask about the kingdom of heaven that I know exists. And I'm asking it to become part of my world and part of me. And then I would walk it out. Does this make sense? Use it as a prayer model. Whatever you interpret this, use it as a prayer model for your life. That your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, I need you to provide for me because what I'm providing, I don't have enough. Isn't it weird how some of us can be millionaires in this room and not have enough? Is what we need, what our soul needs is his bread. I have to keep going. Uh, and, and, then, and then he said, uh, um, forgive us of our, of our trespasses. This is important that we do this every day. That we ask the Lord to forgive us of the things that we have done wrong. Church, you have sinned. We have all sinned. And it is important that you recognize that because if not, you will grow a tolerance to your sin. And that is gross. What we don't want is people that are okay with the things that they've done wrong in their life in the house of God. We're not talking about our neighbors. And then he says to go on and forgive others. This is actually a requirement of Christianity. If you want to be forgiven, you must forgive others. And learning how to, by name, think of the people that offended you or hurt you or done you wrong and bless them. This is what Christ taught us. Some of you don't know how to pray. It will work. I'm telling you, it will work. So this week, as you decide to pray, start here. Y'all with me? Cool. Uh, prayer is uh, nothing else than being on God's terms uh, of a friendship with God. I thought that was really wonderful. Billy Graham said this, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have moments of deep discouragement. But I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, oh God, forgive me and help me. I think that's just wonderful. Because there are moments where you are small and your problems are big. 
And that's where it's wonderful that you walk with a God who's, who's greater than you. And you're going to need that. Otherwise, you're going to enter into insecurity. And you're going to enter into lack. And you're going to enter into not good enough. And that's never where he left you. That was a little nugget for some people here. The fifth thing that I want you to know is uh, some of us feel like our prayers are ineffective. Anyone else ever been there before? I've tried. I prayed. It didn't work. I don't know what else to do. I quit. Well, with that being said, we're going to start today's message. <laughs> Not lying. Uh, this is the parable of the Lord. So as Jesus in Luke 11 would start off with the Lord's prayer, the very next thing he would do is give us a secret to, the, to prayer. He's going to give us an insight into a prayer model that he's saying will work for you. A parable is Jesus knowing what the kingdom of God looks like and trying to describe it to us. And so he has this wonderful story that is almost too real and too believable. And I'm going to take you there right now. Verse 5, Luke 11, 5, right after the Lord's Prayer. Then, teaching more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, uh, 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 yep, uh, to eat. Um, and then a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. Hold on. Did you hear this? He said that it's midnight, and this lady went next door to her neighbor at midnight, y'all, and asked for three loaves of bread because their friend came at midnight hungry. First of all, if a friend comes to my house at midnight hungry, I'm going to let you know. I'll see you tomorrow, Jack, right? <laughs> And the one thing I'm definitely not going to do is go to my neighbor and ask if I can borrow food for you. You know what I'm talking about? But they asked for three loaves. This is a big neighbor, apparently. I don't know if you know this. But this, this joker is hungry. And he says this, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. This is what I would say. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I cannot help you. But I tell you this, he won't do it for friendship's sake. But if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. This is Jesus talking about prayer. This isn't like your pastor's point of view. I want you to understand. Jesus is trying to say something. Maybe this is my interpretation. But if you nag God long enough, it'll work. Maybe you're reading something different than that. But he's saying, this guy just kept in the middle of the night. I'm not going to get up because you needed me to. But if you won't leave me alone, Jesus would say actually many times in scripture, you can ask whatever you want in my name and it will be done. These are principles that are so difficult though when you understand like I have asked and it didn't work. The difference is, this woman's persistent, shameless persistence. She didn't stop nagging. She didn't stop asking. She didn't stop pleading. You can see this throughout the scripture. There's a woman named Hannah in the Old Testament. She wanted a baby. And she began asking God, God, hey, Lord, hey, Lord, hey, Lord, hey, Lord, hey, Lord. Have you ever wanted something? you ever needed something? My friend Kyle is coming 
to give you a testimony. Kyle, you got a story for me, brother? I think you do. So as far as persistent prayer goes, uh, so seven years ago, Brett and I had the word of the Lord. We're moving to Florida. God's sending you to Florida. All right? Yeah, it's exciting. All right, adventure. You know, if you know me, you know that's my personality. If you know my wife, that's complete opposite because it was scary. So, you know, so you've got the word of the Lord, right? So when you, when you have the word of the Lord, you can have a confidence in that. But that doesn't, that doesn't negate the fact that you continuously pray. And you, you go with him with that. So for us, to make the move, it was like, okay, Lord, if we're going to make the move, we have to have work. And so, uh, so, you know, so we started looking. Now, I was a band director and Brett's elementary teacher. Okay, so we're both teachers. We're, you know, literally, we decided this, like, in March. And we're like, okay, we've got the word of the Lord. We're going to do this in June, like, for real, because it's the summertime. We're going to make this move. Okay? So she starts looking for jobs. I start looking for jobs. I literally applied for 35 different positions with a no response. Wow. Nothing back. Okay? So I'm continuously bringing this petition to the Lord. You know, she's doing the same, um, you know, looking for jobs in Polk County, around Polk County. And so April rolls around. Nothing. Nothing's happening. May rolls around. All right. So that now, now Brett's got job postings happening. Okay? So she's looking. Still nothing for me. All right? So she applies for... Uh, you know, job fair that they're having here in the county. Now, this is not saying that there's a job open. This is just a job fair. So we're like, we have the word of the Lord. We're going to book the plane ticket. You and your mom are going to go. I'm going to stay back with the kids, you know, take care of them. So she gets down here, goes to this job fair. And in the, the meantime of that week, she actually gets a phone call from a principal uh, here in the county who said, hey, I'm actually going to be at job fair, and I saw your resume. I saw your application. I would like to meet with you. Okay, so make sure you're, you're here. Okay, well, I'm signed up. I'm ready to go. I've got my appointment in the, the web and all that kind of stuff, you know, on the application. So we're praying. All right, Lord, you know, thank you. Thank you. So you're done, right? Don't have right. to petition the Lord anymore, right? right. It's done. No. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with my accountability buddies at home the day she's supposed to go. So she, she flies down here. She's staying in Auburndale, all right? Um, and, and my wife will be in second service, and I would say this in front of her because she would absolutely agree with me. She is not spatially secure, guys. All right, GPS is important for her. <laughs> you can't give her, like, landmarks or use words like east or west, okay? Please don't ever do that with my wife, all right? <laughs> that's that terrible. Is, that is not, and really don't do that with me either. I'm, I'm a little bit better at it, but, yeah. So east and west don't really work for me, road signs. So anyway, so we're continuing to pray. We're persisting in our prayer. Uh, so she gets down here. Her alarm doesn't go off because her phone didn't charge the right way. Oh. Uh, she finally gets, you know, a charger at a gas station or whatever, you know, to plug into the rental car that she's got, puts it in the GPS. GPS takes her to the middle of nowhere. Oh. You know, she's literally half an hour away from when this thing's supposed to happen, and she's calling me, and so I'm with my accountability buddies, you know, talking and just kind of doing what we do, you know, and sharing. So we stop, and we say, we're praying. We're praying for this situation. So she calls me back and says, I stopped at a gas station. I'm pulling in the parking lot of where I'm supposed to be, all right? And so hang up. We're like, hallelujah, the Lord has answered prayer. Ten minutes later, I get a phone call. They don't have me signed up for this job fair. They don't have an appointment for me, and I cannot locate the principal. My poor wife, you know, here I am, the husband that's supposed to make her feel secure and strong, you know, and safe, I can't, I mean, I'm 12 hours away in North Carolina. That's right. why I talk funny. 
Um, but it's true. <laughs> you guys have accents. I don't. So, so anyway, so, you know, I, I'm like, okay, just hang on one second. So my, my friend who's with me, you know, uh, I mean, all these guys are like just, we're, we're tight. I mean, still to this day, you know, and he's very, he's incredibly spiritually grounded guy. He said, he just stops for a moment and you can see the Holy Spirit's ministering to him. He said, tell her to go back in because the Lord's getting ready to fix this. Okay. Hi. Go back in. The Lord's getting ready to fix this. Oh, okay. Okay. So she, she walks back in. She's hung up. You know, she's walking back in the school. She calls me back within, and I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know, all right, Jesus. Right. You know, this is before I met Pastor Tim. I yeah. wasn't doing Jesus' help. Amen. Yeah. I was, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing my stuff before the Lord like you, you, know, you said. This is what you said, you know. Um, anybody ever done that before? Yeah. This is what you said. So she calls me. It's been like a half an hour at this point. So she calls me back, and she goes, I have a job. Like, what? Tell me this. She said, I literally walked back in. And the principal who had talked with me had, like, noticed that I, I wasn't, like, in the room. So she had come out to the lobby out away from where the job fair was, and she saw me. And she said, oh, my gosh, you're here. She said, I needed to talk to you today. So she pulls her in and literally says, I've got your resume. I'm going to ask you a few questions. So she asked, you know, a few interview questions, hands her a contract, literally, and there's her job, all right? So we're like, we're moving to Florida. So you fast forward to me, who's applied for 35 different jobs and gotten ghosted all 35 different times. The only lead I had moving here was the college that I went to. It just so happened that the new director of music education used to teach in Central Florida. So his friend, who he went to college with, is the arts director for Orange County. So when we finally get ourselves moved down here a month later, I'm like, okay, I'm putting my suit on, I'm taking my resume, and today, somebody is buying my 11 herbs and spices, okay, <laughs> today, because I need a job, you know, all right, you did, you did her right, my turn, so I go to Orange County, right, you know, try to set, I emailed this guy, still got ghosted, but I'm just like, I don't care, if he's in his office, I'm walking up in there today, got my suit, resume, I'm ready, so I walk into Orange County's Board of Education, Hi, I need to see this guy. He's on vacation for a week. So I start driving. I said, I'm going to drive from Orange County all the way to Hillsboro, Polk's in between. So I like a little bit smarter this time. I'm going to call, and I called Polk County, and I said, I need to speak with your art supervisor. Well, she's on vacation to, you know, this week. Is there anybody I can talk to in that department? Well, actually, we do have one of her uh, assistants, you know, one of her TRSTs, and she does screening interviews. So let me direct you to her. So in the meantime, you know, this lady was, you know, she was pulling up my application that I put in at Polk County and then heard nothing right. back on. So she calls me and she's like, hey, I, I actually do screening interviews. I'd love to have you come on by today. I was like, okay, great. She says, I see on here that you taught at Southwest Middle School in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Well, it just so happens we have a band position at Southwest Middle School here in Lakeland. So would you stop by? I'd love to do an interview with you. And you look qualified for this position. I was like, okay. So I go in, and at that point in time, she does screening interview. Like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and set up your interview today. So she sets up my interview, and it falls through. 
So can't meet on this day because we got to get this group of parents together because we want to be in on the interview. Oh, man, can we change because we got this holiday? So in the meantime, she calls me and says, I don't know if you want to teach elementary music. I know you're a band guy, but it just so happens I have a really great position at a really great school called Lincoln Avenue Academy. And Come if you'd on, like man. to interview for that position. Best I'll, school ever. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll set you up. So I go in on the day of the interview. All this stuff's clicking. And I'm like, what do I know about elementary music? I'm a band guy. <laughs> Kindergarten. It scares me. So I walk in, and there's literally a room of 12 ladies and me. Oh. And it's like all the leadership people, you know. And they finally get to that question. You guys know that question in an interview. What are your weaknesses, right? You guys ever been asked that in an interview? And I flat out looked at them and said, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I've been teaching band for 14 years and have zero elementary experience. That's my weakness. But I'll learn. So I left the interview. I've been shown around the school and all that kind of stuff. Left the interview. Two hours later, got a job offer. Come on, man. Don't stop. Persistence. Yeah.